0: Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Pedal Pushers. Is it is it the Pedal Pushers or just Pedal Pushers? I think just Pedal Pushers. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Zach Broyles, and... This is uh Matthew Timmons. What's I up? St- I stole him, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do it. Back he's on he's the pod. Mine. He's mine. Yeah, man. I'm all yours, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matthew, tell the fine folks uh, listening what... The pedal, the pedal Pushers? Pedal Pushers. Yeah. Pedal Pushers podcast. Maybe it is the Pedal Pushers podcast is all about. I mean, we could just kind of just
1: see how it works, see how people talk about what it. So what we wanted to do on this this show was, you know, you do a lot of stuff already. You got dipped in tone. Mm-hmm. You do live streams. You do, you know, you're all over the place in, in the media.
0: I'm, there's too much of me. You're a media. So, so, so I'm sitting
1: here. Let's give the people more Zach. But I wanted it to be more intimate, more about... The inner workings of of Mythos, just right. sort of all the neat stuff. Kind of you know what I used to
0: do. We're gonna hang out and take our shirts off.
1: That's it's gonna about. get it's gonna get nuts, you know. But I want it to be just about you know sort of the daily you know stuff that's going on. Pedals we're working on, gear that we're playing. You know, talk a little bit more about just you know the 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 team here at Mythos.
0: Right, and eventually and, we're gonna have yeah. we'll have Mac and we'll have Jeff on, yeah. uh, and and do that whole thing. But the, I think the name Pedal Pushers is it's just because we now are well I have been but you now are, both of us are are pedal,
1: are pedal pushers we are pedal pushers and you know I think that I didn't realize <clears throat> you know how many pedals and and how into it I actually was yeah until I started here and I was like looking back at and I keep everything and I've got mm-hmm. I got buckets dude buckets i've got so many pedals it's ridiculous you have a bigger pedal
0: board than not that not not I've had a I've had a bigger pedal board yeah but I haven't had a pedal board as big as your current board for a long time it's, but and that's a whole nother topic
1: because I got two boards now and uh, I love my small board at home so that's that'll be a huge part of the pedal pushers is sort of you know like exploring that space and mm-hmm. you know sort of you know figuring out just how to navigate just. The an amazing amount of stuff that's out there. Oh, my gosh. Not
0: only from us, but from everybody. There's so much stuff. It's crazy. So much stuff. Yeah. But today's episode... Yes. ...is about... Pickups.
1: Pickups. So, we're going to start this whole new podcast out where we're going to push pedals. And
0: the first episode is going to not be about pedals. Not at all. So, why why is that, Zach? Well, because I have been working on pickups. Uh, I So, a short history. I tried winding them myself um i thought you were doing great (laughs) i really did i made a few and some of them sounded okay but the fine folks at porter said hey we can make pickups for you and and not charge an arm and a leg and so um they did and now Mm. we we released the humbucker set it did very well yeah it's great and the next obvious thought to me was to do a strat set it wasn't obvious to everybody no, because because you're not known as a Strat guy at all, really. No, but I thought, you know, of of the guitars that are most modified and upgraded, and arguably probably the most played instrument is it's the most on, popular on the guitar, guitar of all time. Yeah, is the Stratocaster. Yeah. So I thought, well, let's do a Strat set. So we are doing a Strat set. I've teased mm-hmm. it. I've I've played them on live streams. People have heard them, but they're going to be coming out uh,
1: as you hear this, probably. Yeah, I think we're going to try to do some synergy. Mm. Drop the pod drop the pickups, drop our pants. That's
0: right. All, the C, all, all of them. The intimacy he was yes. talking about earlier. Yes. But um, but yeah, so I'm working on a Strat set. We're calling it the EXP set. Um, Figure it out. Yeah, it's no not, hints. not that <clears throat> No hints. They're, they're, uh, they're different. They're a different sort of Strat set, that uh, or S-type. Can we say Strat? I mean, we can say Strat. We can say
1: Strat. We I don't know if we market. can use it in any of our merchandising materials. No, we cannot. Yeah.
0: But... Um, yeah, so they're they're going to be out, and I think people are really going to dig them. But as a companion to the release of mm-hmm. these pickups, we're going to talk about some of our favorite Stratocasters. And
1: this sent me down a, a spiral here. We have very different of trying to figure that out because yes. I think there's a lot of it. Like you know, where you're okay. I have an idea of like the classic Strat guys and what I like, and I wanted to, of course. You know, do a deeper dive and find some stuff that was maybe not as obvious. And then also, when you're doing that deep dive, you find out, oh, that wasn't a strat, right? Yeah. So that's fun.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting thing because there's there's so many famous strat players that you see like live uh, videos of and recordings of, and mm. of course, I mean, you can tell what guitar they're playing, but in the studio, yeah. You, I don't know. You know, sometimes a, you don't know. You play all kinds of things to get the sound that you want. That's right. So uh, I went a more obvious route, but why don't you why don't you kick us off with some of your one of your favorite okay. sad
1: sounds? Well, I think that the very first person that came to mind for me was John Frusciante.
0: Oh, Okay, of course.
1: And you know that's an it's an obvious one. You know, I mean, there's the 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 classic guys you can list, and he's obviously very influenced by guys like Jimi Hendrix and Steve Ray Vaughan. But for me, you know, being a an impressionable twelve year old boy getting blood sugar sets magic
0: mm-hmm. and
1: being very worried that his parents were going to take it away from him once he actually listened to the album and then I realized how cool my dad was then knowing like I think a lot of it for me was you know sort of like at the time like not really thinking about stuff like that like I don't know like when you started to like pay attention to gear mm. where you're like okay that's a Les Paul that's a Strat. Right. It was a little bit later for me, but then going back and realizing that Freshante was definitely the first guy that I loved that was a strap player. Right. And I would say the song for me would be Soul to Squeeze, which is uh, not an album. cut. It was a single that they put out on the Coneheads soundtrack in 1993. <laughs> Did you see the Coneheads movie? I, of course. I, I remember the Coneheads. I have fond memories of watching the Coneheads when but I was that, a kid. But that tone on that song is, is... So that it was the Blood Sugar Sex Magic era, all recorded with Rick Rubin in 91. They had a lot of singles that, that didn't make it onto the record, even though that album has 18 tracks. Right, But Soul to Squeeze, I think, has a, has a very warm, warm part of my heart. I love the
0: way that sounds. We're going to have to make a, a Spotify playlist for this because yeah. I I, I might have heard. I mean, I've seen Coneheads, yeah. but I don't know. It's been a long time since I've watched. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if well, I know that and, song.
1: And, and I think it's like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I could go obvious with Under the Bridge, you know, right. which is very, obviously. It's very, iconic. Very strategy. It's a, a similar idea and very similar, like, kind of style and tone. But I just, it's a little bit more, you know, I had to pick something, I think, a little bit more off the beaten path. Sure. On that one yeah
0: so to back up a little bit when, yeah, is, yeah, yeah is that when you first started realizing like oh that's a strat that's a less Paul
1: that's, that's what a- that was my question that was my my thing was that I, I, I kind of don't know no like I remember you know, like trying to figure out like what guitars people were using and going like, you know, it was a a lot later, which is funny enough because, you know, my dad was in the industry and when let's listen to the other podcast stuff that I've done, you know, previously, I've talked a lot about that, but I'm trying in my brain to remember, it was probably just a a little bit later when I finally Mm. started because I I, I started playing bass pretty soon. So I wasn't really paying as much attention to the guitar stuff Mm. until a little bit later on. So I think it's like looking back, Later on, when I finally started to, you know,
0: kind of put those pieces together. Sure, I I think for me, um, well, I'm I'm just gonna I'll come out of the gate with with, uh, uh, are you experienced? The, yes. I mean, I, see, I picked albums. Uh, well, I but, mean, I I, I, could, I could say the whole Blood
1: Sugar Such Magic era, right? You know, because there's a there's a couple. I had a couple more notes on stuff that he did on that record that I really liked, Stratty stuff mm-hmm. on there besides that song, but, right?
0: Yeah. But like the Hendrix thing, that was really informative I mean, i grew up my first guitar was an s type guitar and yep. and i love i loved that sound way more in my youth than i i mean i, I still like it um it's weird how like playing a strat makes me play a, a a totally different way than how i normally approach a guitar absolutely but um but yeah that whole album was was influential on me and and it's funny like I remember there was a moment when I was I was in high school. I'd only been playing guitar for a couple years, uh, maybe maybe just a year. Yeah. And um, they had this, uh, you know, they had the um, the the monitor or the the TVs in the in the in every classroom, Mm -hmm. and they would like do they would show videos and like do the student news thing that had Mm -hmm. I I can't remember. You, You were probably a little that was probably a little bit after your time, like having like the news channel for like high school students. Yeah. I
1: don't remember. We were too, I was cavemen. (laughs) Oh,
0: I'm much, much older than you. We had ham radios. Yeah. Uh, But the, um, the students put together like a thing where they made like a music video Mm -hmm. and there was a kid and he played some Hendrix tune. Yeah. And he played a Les Paul. I was watching it. and I was like, "That doesn't sound right," because that's all he had. He had a Les Paul. I was like, that yeah. doesn't sound right at all. And, and all the other kids were like, "Man, he sounded just like Jimi Hendrix." I was like, "I mean, he like played it right, but he didn't sound like him." So that's when you had put it together. Yeah, and everyone was like, "You're a moron." I'm like, "Not. I, no, I don't think I am." <laughs> you know? No, I think I think this doesn't make any sense. But 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 the Jimmy the Axis album to me is that's my favorite. Yeah, Hendrix stuff and and just the the. The guitar sounds on the that record is so quintessential, Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. and and so you can tell that I mean, are are you experienced, of course, it's you know, set a benchmark for a guitar tone. But for me, yeah. Axis set something for in, in my brain on Oh yeah. oh Is that's, there a particular part? Is it like Castle's
1: Made of Sand? I like Castle's
0: Made of Sand or um uh, uh now my mind has gone blank <laughs> on all the the track listing on on axis uh let's pull it up you say something
1: <laughs> i will talk so my introduction to Jimi hendrix was um by smash hits
0: right did you did you did you oh spanish castle magic spanish no, Castle. That, that's that's yeah, that but, and uh and um uh Like if six was nine and stuff like those songs are some of my favorites and wait until tomorrow, wait until tomorrow. The
1: one thing that I think, and this is something that I think is interesting and this might be like, you know, uh, being a, a musician brain and being around musicians my whole life. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I thought was really interesting is is going back to listen to Jimi Hendrix and noticing how short all the songs are. Yeah, well, they're made for yeah. the radio. And they're made for radio, and knowing that like every version I've ever heard of Little Wing is like 15 minutes long, mm-hmm. and the version on the record is like 2 minutes and 25 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy to me. So, like, And I know that he started to stretch in... in uh, Band of gypsies yeah Band of gypsies and stuff to be able to do the longer Jammy stuff but it's just funny like I've never heard like a version of these songs that are the actual length of the song because everybody wants to to jam on the Jimmy stuff
0: right and and I think Jimmy is one of those those artists that has influenced influenced so many people that, I think we think of a lot of Hendrix songs as not how Hendrix played them mm-hmm. but like you know Voodoo Child often we think about the Stevie, Stevie Ray Vaughan that version, that version mm-hmm. and st- and we we kind of forget how how Jimmy actually played it and it's yeah. he has such a unique approach to Well the that's instrument. like the
1: old bit where you're like everybody doesn't do an impression of of like the president they do the the most famous impression right. of them they do the saturday night Lab yeah they do dana and, carvey's yeah. george bush instead and so you know going back and listening to that stuff i mean do you still listen to a lot of hendrix like is it in the regular rotation for yeah, you
0: I, I go through phases i go through yeah. seasons of, of yeah music. i was
1: super into it when i was like 18. yeah you know when i was like i kind of i listened to smash hits that's where I, I my dad let me borrow smash hits because mm-hmm. he had that record the car and then when i finally started buying a bunch of cds myself i kind of went through and bought all the the originals sure and started listening to it quite a bit you know because it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's a bedrock If you're going to totally. be a guitar player and you're going to be into to music it's like you kind of you got to go through the jimmy phase at absolutely. some point
0: absolutely and so, i think that a lot of people kind of i think younger generations might rag on him a little bit and say because like oh he's sloppy or whatever and we've i mean so many people have talked about that but Sloppy. I mean, he, like, there's been so many releases that have come out. You can hear um, so much stuff. Yeah, and, and most did. of that stuff was not done. Because you listen to all the studio records, because there's only There's three. three, yeah. And they're, you know, they're they're great. And they're not yeah. sloppy, because no. he was in the studio and he was focused. But mm-hmm. he wasn't cutting demos or just trying stuff. Yeah. Or it wasn't like some terrible live recording. But you listen to that um, that live in Maui. Yeah. And it was actually a really good live recording, and uh-huh. it's it's pretty awesome. Like yeah. you know, hearing him. Like well, it's it's, it's it's
1: a testament to how much people want of Jimmy that we we can go back and and they basically just put out everything they possibly could. Yeah, yeah, you know, because people wanted as much as possible. Sure, but as far as me, I didn't have Jimmy on my list. Um, not that you could easily do; you just do a top five Jimmy. But I would say my favorite, the one that always stuck in my head, was uh, Third Stone from the Sun." Mm-hmm. I really liked the melody on that. Yeah. It's just really pretty, it's and it's fun to jam to. And I always, I always, I don't know how stratty that is. Do air quotes as far because right. I got kind of stuck a little bit thinking about this because I wanted to like, do I pick stuff that's like very stratty or is it just stuff that happens to be on a, on a strat?
0: Right. Well, I think the strat is capable enough to be able to do everything. Everything, but it does have you know, there's something about it that you can't. I don't know. It you can't really escape. The sound of a, a single coil, a three single coil strat. It's like, it is its own character.
1: It is. Yeah.
0: Um, well, what's next on your
1: list? All right. So, number two, I had Overseas by Jason Isbell. Right. And you yes. you
0: told me to listen to that. I, I did. To it, I and did. It's very stratty.
1: It's very stratty. Um, that one's in, on a New Orleans on his last record that came out in Reunions. It came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. But the reason I picked it is because I've had a chance to hear it live a couple times at the Ryman. And in my opinion, that's the the best sounding guitar which I, he's played red eye right both times and I've seen him I've seen him four times but since this song came out but both times that night I thought overseas was the best sounding song he plays it on a 56 Strat right and the tone is is the best live tone I've ever heard in my my entire life man is that I mean it, and and one thing that I do is I do a little in my head this is the way to go is that I go to the last show on the rhyme and run. Cause I figured yeah, that it's, it's dying. It's, it's the sound is dialed in, right? right you yeah. go to night one, you know, I mean, they leave their stuff there for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I picked the last one on purpose because I figure it's going to be the best sounding show. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, that's by far, I mean, the first time I heard, it, I was like, this is in unbelievable, just unbelievable, man. I,
0: Perfect I, tone. The, the, the last wait, wait, let's see. it was I don't think it was the last time I saw John Mayer, but the time before that, Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't even know which tour it was. It was yeah, <laughs> like, which record cycle it was. So yeah. You I don't, I don't remember, but he, he came on stage and played with like, he played a song he wrote that day with Chris Stapleton. And, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, it was pretty cool. But it, when he walked out, he had his, his 62 or whatever vintage Strat mm-hmm. and he was playing the, a Dumble and his J mod PRS. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, it, there's, there's moments. And it was probably like that for you seeing Jason where you're like, damn, I need a Strat. Like you hear those sounds, just like it overwhelms you with how yes. how musical it is.
1: Well, I think this is this is sort of where we start getting into the the not controversial part of the conversation, but is there something to be said for the way that the the single coil Strat sound translates into a, a, a an experience when you're hearing it live to be mm-hmm. superior to other guitars or other other stuff. Is that something that you would even approach that topic? I'm not saying it is, but I think it's an interesting thing to kind of explore. When yeah. you talk about tone, you talk about sort of the, you know, openness and expressiveness and the and the the the, the range that you can get on a single qual guitar.
0: Yeah, cuz I mean, there's a lot of natural compression that happens with a humbucker and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that happen. Yeah. You know, in that sort of pickup construction that they ha- they have a bit of a ceiling. Yeah. And not all the time, Yeah, but a single coil, especially like a Strat, it's just, the, I mean, it's the most simple, it's not the most simple mm. pickup, but it's one of the most simple pickups that could, yeah. you know, construction it could be.
1: Yeah. And this is me not saying that, well, clearly Strats are are better sounding. It's just an interesting right. thing that for somebody this whole life has, has never really approached. Like my first guitar that I ever bought was a Strat. Yeah. And I bought it because I saw Pete Townsend playing a Strat right. in 2000 and i just thought it looked awesome and he looked awesome and it was fun and but like you know there wasn't really any thought behind it right mm-hmm. of like you know because it's early on in your your guitar buying career right. but since then i've never really looked at strats because it doesn't feel like me right as a guitar player it's only been very recently that i've started to approach the idea of playing them again because i feel like even at at 42 i'm learning more about myself as a guitar player and i'm starting to realize that a lot of my Hangups with the Strat was the fact that it's so iconic that I feel like I get I get trapped into thinking
0: about it a very 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 narrow way. Well yeah and that's part of why I got away from playing Strats because I had a John Mayer Strat that mm-hmm. I um, when, when we got it I my dad it was like my college graduation gift and um, my dad bought it for me and I went and played every Strat at Guitar Center I played. Yeah everyone custom shop squire it didn't matter mm-hmm. and that one was just like oh this is this one suits me mm-hmm. and i shouldn't have sold it but i toured that guitar and played it and yeah. just kind of like got over it after i discovered how much i liked you know a shorter scale dual double humbucker guitar yep but yeah it's it's an interesting thing but it, it's um it it it's weird how like I've definitely had those moments with humbucker guitars where I go, "Oh gosh, I, that's that's perfect. This sounds great." Yeah. But there's been a few times where I've heard strap people playing strats or strat-style guitars and it it does affect me in a different way. And and even if I didn't have one, like a humbucker guitar, I don't know, it's kind of strange like I like, "Oh, that sounds great," but I don't immediately want to go run out and buy that. Mm-hmm. But then you hear someone play a strat and mm-hmm. it's just like, "Whoa, it sounds like, you know, someone's ringing bells."
1: Well, I think, and that's sort of the um, the the road that I've gone down, and I think it has a lot to do with overseas, and seeing Jason play that song, and going, like, re-triggering my brain of, like, oh, that's, that's really beautiful. I think that there's a very specific idea of, like, when I you know, think Strats, I think of, you know, uh, Yellow Ledbetter, or right. Lenny, or, you know, this very kind of narrow-minded sort of idea of what they do. Well... And that's another, that's a hangup that I might have, you know, when you're thinking about certain kind of players and certain kind of things. And then when you kind of do that deep dive and you go like, you know, or, you know, like uh, Sultans of Swing right. or something like 100%. that. 100%. And it's like, whenever I'd pick up a, a strat, there would be like, I feel like, well, that's how you have to play this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think there's just, you need to kind of sit with it a little bit and think about it a different way and think about all the different things that that thing can do. Yeah and it'll open your mind you know and 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 when i was over at, at novo and we were uh, prototyping the idris that was a very eye opening thing for me to get to kind of like dig in and and sort of like explore what it means to be a a strat style guitar right yeah yeah
0: if you want it to sound like that it kind of has to be like that
1: yeah sort of thing yeah and that's that's so i'm much more open to it you know at this point so i, I really want one let's I go don't... get a
0: 50s one let's go get, get oh, a real one
1: and i can put the new mythos pickups in it <laughs> what a what a crime
0: <laughs> i'm just uh so let's see next on my list and i i, I, li- I listen to this again and I'm in, and my list is so lame like it's why, why so, would you do that well is this so prototypical like like strat like song i mean not well i mean
1: you're not i mean i didn't try to be
0: contrarian here right no i know (coughs) but but like when you think like oh man you know zach's gonna really drop some knowledge and it's like oh it's the same old stuff that everyone's talked about well but it's the same old stuff for a reason because it has endured well so my next pick would be uh stevie ray vaughn live at Montreux, 1982 that's when uh, he wasn't out of his mind because when he went back i think it was like 85 or something he's when you watch that the the live concert performance he is I don't know if he's drunk. He's, he's on a, something. He's in it to win it. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's sweating hard and not yeah. because it's hot.
1: Um yeah. we all, did You watch the Behind the Music on uh, Steve Ravon, the old VH1 Behind uh, man, the Music? I don't know
0: if I ever it's, saw that
1: It's one. Some, there's, some, there's some stuff in that. Oh, yeah? That he did. Yeah. I, I, Just I, go I mean, ahead. If you haven't watched it, find, see if you can find that on YouTube. It's probably watch on it. YouTube. It's very good.
0: Um, but but I remember seeing that. And I do have a specific song. It's the first track of that, that concert. It's Hide Away. Uh, which is a Freddie King tune. And uh, he walks out and it's just an instrumental thing. And he's playing uh number one, mm-hmm. just his classic thing through whatever a vibral looks or something. Uh, you know, if you don't know the story behind that album, uh, Montreux jazz and blues festival, Stevie got booked and they put him on the night when it was supposed to be like an acoustic folk performance. Oh, And he walks out with the, you know, his plethora of amps all turned up to 10 and a strat and, a wah wah pedal and just <laughs> scared the hell out of everybody. <laughs> but they uh, that you can hear all the booing after every song and before song. It's really when you watch it, you can see just utter defeat on his face. Oh man! Uh, but, but it but, still sounds great. Oh, he's just he's just trying to like prove himself, yeah, uh, and win these people over. But hideaway, like hearing that and and just the the attitude and the personality that he lens to that instrument yeah that was a pivotal moment for me i remember getting the live i mean because I, I knew mm-hmm. stevie my yeah. dad my dad famously had nothing but greatest hits cds yes um you which know, is
1: which you know
0: it's, it's it's awesome yeah but it's funny because you know i i never grew up hearing any of the other like non-singles yeah because yeah, Cause it was all just like the cream of Clapton, Tom, Tom Petty's greatest hits. Like I mean, all that stuff. I had all that stuff too. Right. Yeah. But, but dad didn't have any of like the, the normal albums. He yeah. had some like LPs from like back in the day, but, sure. but the Stevie stuff, you know, I was always interested in it. I think he had in step and I was like, this is cool. But then mm-hmm. I saw the live at Montreux when I was you know yeah. 18 or 17 and I was like, Oh God, that's how you're supposed to play this thing. And that yeah. was, that was a huge moment for me, but it's funny, like as much as I enjoy that Texas blues, like really, um, you know, loud fender amp with a strat into it, uh, sound. I don't want to play. I used to want to play like that Yeah, and I don't want to do that anymore because to me it's so hard to be identifiable as a player when you're, when you're just trying to cop that sound. Like Mm I, I I can't, you could hear people doing it and like, I don't, I don't know who that is. Yeah. And and I don't like I, and I already have you know a handicap and so like I I want to have my own personality with whatever I do I, and I well, have I think you do
1: though. I mean I think that you're a, a a unique player in that way where I feel like even when you're you're doing stuff like that but it is an interesting thing. Would you say that, you know, speaking of Stevie you know, I, I'm trying to 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 think of these big, broad philosophical questions when it comes to the Strat. About, like, is the Strat the greatest live instrument ever? Mm-hmm. Yes or no, Zach? Go. But no, we. I asked you that earlier. But but do you think that like when you talk about the all time, like you know, people ask questions like this all the time. We might answer one later on in the show, which is how do I get blank sounds? How do I yeah. get this sound? Do you think Stevie's the most copied? I think is it- the most copied sound, or is it Hendrix? Is it Gilmore? Is it Stevie? Because in my head, it's Stevie. Right, or, and I don't know if it's because it's a simple rig, so people <laughs> can kind of do it. But in my head, it's like feels like the one that that's like that's a sound that people like so much that they're like, that's the one. People are like, I just want to do that.
0: I think the most copied sound now is is John
1: Mayer. Is right? John Mayer
0: one hundred percent like the and, and it's still like the continuum era, yes, sound, which is yeah. it's funny because you know that was when did that come out two thousand six. Yeah, so which long one's ago. on there? Is that Gravity? that's gravity is that gravity and, yeah. you know like yeah. slow dancing in a burning room and all that stuff which, that's great the, tone great tone great album amazing playing like the where the light is stuff is just mm-hmm. he's he reached a point in his playing that like really i think turned the page for a lot of people to notice him but yeah the, yeah i mean like st- people still definitely are trying to get uh, stevie's tone and hendrix's tone and everybody you know Angus Young, like you, anybody, yeah. there's someone out, out there trying to copy sure, it, but I sure. think
1: I was just thinking about it. And, you know, I always like thinking about it like that, where you're like, you know, who, what would be like the guy, like the most where people are like, that's just, and it I always, it, it feels like like nowadays. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But because, because, not just because, because it's more
1: modern. Well, yeah. yeah,
0: but it's not even just because of like the continuum stuff now. Like you look at like how he pl- started playing in, in like Dead and Company. Yeah. And his approach mm-hmm. and and like when you see a lot of newer players like playing soloy stuff, like their leads are very reminiscent of how John, John. played. And mm-hmm. his and the you know rhythm and stuff too. But moving on. Yeah. So I think what Maybe. what's next for you? Um number three I have
1: uh Cliffs of Dover.
0: Oh yeah. By Eric Johnson. You know, I remember seeing the Austin City Limits, 1988
1: baby, Sergeant Pepper's, Eric Johnson. Yeah, he's
0: wearing the band jacket. Oh, it's terrific. And I think it was on at like a Walmart or something. Like the DVD was on, and I was walking by, and I saw that, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, what? What is is this?"
1: Yeah. So it's very, 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 you know, uh, like close personal memories for me because right when that album came out, I think it came out in 1990. The actual record with Clissa Dover on let, it. Let's see. I think it's 1990 because you know he's a perfectionist, and I think it took a while because that song was had been banging around for quite a bit before that record came out. And I just, my dad, of course, shout out to Pops because I wouldn't be sitting here without Pops. He gets gonna get mentioned constantly on anything that I do, and we would listen to that in the car because um, Dad would play Satriani and Dad would play you know van halen and everybody right i stole smash hits and zeppelin 2 from him when i was 12 right right like right. you know as soon as i got into nirvana and pearl jam i'm like what else is there and he's like here's zeppelin 2 and here's smash hits and i was like <laughs> yes because it all made sense to me but we would drive and my dad would have his his his, his cassette tapes and we'd always listen to, to eric johnson and that melody in my head like i can't escape like thinking about sitting in the car in the backseat of the van and like like driving in in california and we'd be you know we lived in central coast so we would drive a section when we'd be driving to like my grandma's house and it would be the ocean Mm -hmm. and i remember looking out and hearing eric johnson playing cliffs of dover and looking out at the ocean and like it was just, it's like a dream. It's right. like, it feels like a, a some coming of age movie.
0: It's not Dover, but it's close. <laughs> but
1: it's close. And so like, there's just like, there's like a lot of just beautiful memories for me of like right. that, how beautiful that song is and how, how amazing his tone is. It's incredible. And just, you know, thinking about that, thinking about my dad and being 10 years old and it's just, it just feels good. It's just right. a great memory. And so that song just makes me really happy.
0: Yeah, I, I remember like you like, like so many people seeing the the Austin City Austin City Limits performance mm-hmm. and, and being just enamored by the whole thing, like the build up at the start and like it's just yeah. it's insane. But then I bought Avia Musicom and the uh-huh. it's like I don't know about the rest of this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. would say that that's it's an interesting thing. It feels like
1: that's a peak. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like he just absolutely just had something there with yeah. that song. And I think the rest of it's cool, but there's just, that's just,
0: that's a, that's a, that's a strong, strong peak. Yeah. And an artist. I mean, I mean, Eric is, is such a, such an amazing player and talent and stuff, but yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing. Like thinking about that, like who had those moments where, I mean, a, who knows how many people were influenced by just that, that, one, that song. one song just yeah. the just, you know, da 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 da' like that thing gets stuck in your brain. Oh, it's incredible. but you know, if you said you know people could play that or you know play stuff like that and you say, oh'll play desert rose you're like uh, uh <laughs> you yes know? so it's an yeah, it's
1: an interesting I mean, I've heard a lot of it, and my dad would buy all the Eric Johnson stuff. I think it's definitely an interesting thing when it's a like there's the guitar player guys. You know, mm-hmm. like that era of guys like, you know, obviously the first, the, the G3 guys, Joe Satriani right. and Steve Vai. And when they, th- those songs sort of break through into just normal mainstream guitar players versus guitar player, guitar players, people that right. want to listen to, you know, like guys who are, who are making records for guitar, guitar guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? And my dad had like a really good mix of both of those. We listened to, you know, Zeppelin and Van Halen and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Buddy Guy and, you know, all that stuff. And then we'd also listen to... Like the guitar guy, so I like the fact that I got, you know, uh, exposed to all that
0: stuff too, which is which is really cool. Uh, right. You ever see Eric live? Nope. No, I well I've seen him. I mean I haven't seen him in, in like a concert. I've I've sat in a room with him and mm-hmm. watched him try acoustic guitars. Yeah. And it was some of the most impressive guitar playing I have ever seen. <laughs> where like, you know, there's moments where you watch him and it's just like, you know, it's all pentatonic, so You know, yeah. one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. And uh or it's not pentatonics, but it's it's all fives. Yeah. So, you know, that sort of like counting thing, uh, is is so like that is part of his sound. Uh-huh. And like that's really all I had kind of associated with him as a player. And mm-hmm. then I got he was there with um with some other folks uh steve warner uh and, and and him came into carter when i was there and uh they were just trying old pre-war martins and he was just sitting and just like fl- flat picking yeah and i couldn't i couldn't believe how good he was at at something so different than what he normally. yeah yeah because i mean like flat picking bluegrass style playing is just you know a totally different approach yes. but his how he um just, you know, how he plays chords and it's just like for an acoustic guitar, it, I, I I think if he made just an acoustic album and he might have.
1: Yeah, we got to go, got to do a deep we, dive we in the look. discography. Yeah,
0: I, I would, I would, I would be really interested in, in seeing Yeah. like what that sounds like yeah. because it was, my jaw hit the floor. It was, mm-hmm. it was crazy.
1: I mean, it's like, it's, it's certain players, especially guys that are at that level, you know, they have a, a sound that they do, but I'm sure it's like, it's so cultivated. Like, okay, here's the thing that I do over here with this thing but you know to get to that level you could do it all right and then some guys they they have one style and that's that's how they play yeah it's interesting to see kind of that that uh yeah i got to see him open for there was a satriani Mm -hmm. eric johnson thing that we did and he did you were playing i saw it in seattle and he did manic depression yeah and so to bring it back you know doing the jimmy thing and it was it was awesome but also hilarious because you know the guitar playing and everything was spot on and then it's eric yeah. doing a singing it's like manic depression <laughs> touching bus and it's like it's jimmy you want some like some heat right behind the vocals and it's like you need some chewing gum or something like yeah that. <laughs> and it was just like yeah it's just you know like it was just it was just the, the juxtaposition of like the guitar playing and then the singing was pretty funny god manic depression what a song
0: what a song okay so next on my list i think you'll appreciate this one okay uh highway star oh Deep yes purple made in japan very cool the made in japan uh, yeah take on that which you? yeah made in japan mm. if you've not listened to that album uh, and there's parts of it i'm like are they dubbing this that like this is so good. it was so
1: much dubbing going on back in the day okay yeah because like it's yeah i mean i can't confirm on that particular one because i've never gone deep dive on deep purple right deep dive on deep purple there's Whoa. another podcast coming soon <laughs> oh from zach and, and matthew deep dive on deep purple but i know me i used to joke there's there's thin Lizzy's famous one live mm-hmm. and dangerous yeah and we used to joke we and Devin used to joke it was 100% live, 50. It was uh, 50% live, 100% dangerous because it was like you could tell. And like right. Ozzy used to talk Black Sabbath, like they, oh, it was a lot of that stuff. Judas Priest, they all did it.
0: So yeah. I'm not accusing Deep Purple. Well, it, it, but it sounds terrific. At any rate, yeah. <laughs> just Richie Blackmore's Strat sound into the I don't know. I assume a Marshall, uh, probably with mm-hmm. the treble booster. Yeah, just turned up all shout the way shout out to the cestus Um, yeah hey we gotta sell something <laughs> no, man oh my we've god we've gone like how long have we gone we haven't tried to sell anything yet <laughs> we've got we've got 35 minutes um battle pushers but man like I, I i had listened to like um all the early like deep purple stuff yeah. I, had, I had enjoyed mm-hmm. and listened to but i was out with morgan and some friends back when we lived near green hills mm-hmm. in nashville and one of our favorite things to do in spring and summer was go uh uh, yard sailing yeah because it's all these like rich people yeah just giving stuff away yeah <laughs> and so green hills is a yeah it's that a area. bougie part of town yeah and we we did not live in green hills by the way we lived outside of that but we would drive over there and uh, i found just made in japan this at a, a, a cd at a yard yeah. sale for like a dollar and i bought it and put it in the car when we were driving around and I was just like, wow. Because, I mean, first off, John Lord playing oh, yeah. the organ. The organ is the most demonic, heavy <laughs> sounding thing. Like, you know, it, like, people talk about how heavy guitars can be. Oh. The organ. The organ that-
1: And the organ, that era of organ, oh, too. And a, lot, a lot of stuff was very evil. Oh, it's so distorted. Yeah. And, and
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: But. Yeah, Man, just "Highway like, Star" is a, is a song I I I I I always put it in the category of songs where I think if it comes on, I might crash my car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I always drive fast. Oh faster. my
1: gosh, I am going to get pulled over. We are all going to die if that song comes on. You're going to
0: blow another battery in that CRV.
1: Oh, oh my god, cost me three hundred bucks. Three hundred dollars? No, the battery was like one hundred eighty five dollars. Oh, and then get it, got done, got an oil change, yeah, battery in my CRV. I gotta get uh, a new car.
0: Yeah we'll find you something.
1: I need it. I got to get a minivan. I got I got the child number 2 coming in 6 weeks Zach. Man, I, I, and we're potty trading the first one. What, am, what was I
0: thinking? Why didn't you tell me? I, I don't know. I only I only have one. So.
1: Yeah, why didn't
0: you tell me? No, I'm excited. It's going to be great. It's going to um, be great. But yeah, if you've not if you've never listened to that version, his solo on that, it, it dubbed or not. You
1: feel like Richie doesn't
0: get the credit he deserves?
1: I, I don't think, hear him get brought up as much.
0: No, I I think you're right because I think everyone I talks about like Tony Iommi and Jimmy Page as like the inventors of heavy metal, but Deep Purple yeah. invented heavy metal. Yeah, He doesn't just get you know he got all the Rainbow
1: stuff, mm-hmm. which is killer as well. Like I I think he just yeah for whatever reason he just is on that like so, you know and I don't know it's it's hard maybe because he's a jerk. <laughs> Nobody likes
0: him. <laughs> hey, I mean like it's, you know historically you know yeah, like. Yeah. It is as far as a band leader and stuff. He's, yeah, he's not a very nice guy. Okay, so people, you know, he's but, not, doesn't have the run that everyone else has. But so far as proficiency at the instrument, yeah. he definitely doesn't get his his day. Yeah, but but I, I, I still hold fast that the early Deep Purple stuff because it came mm. out in the late '60s. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Is the most heavy metal because you have Ian Gillen like uh-huh. screaming like the high pitched yelling oh, like, yeah. like singing stuff. That like, I don't, I mean, surely people did it before him, but yeah like who did it and got famous doing it? Yes. You know, so.
1: I love it. What's next for you? So speaking of heavy metal and going down that road, oh. number four, I have Overkill by Motorhead, Fast Eddie Clark. Yeah. And I, I picked this one definitely because I wanted to stretch mm-hmm. a little bit as far as, as thinking about the Strat, you know, not as just a, uh, you know, kind of a traditional Stratty instrument, you know, talking about Jimi Hendrix and. John Mayer and Steve Ray Vaughan and that stuff. But I always think that this is an interesting one. I picked Overkill because it's very jammy and very cool. And I love the idea of like what, you know, all the guitar players that played in Motorhead, but especially the early ones and the early albums with Fast City Clark because you have this just absolutely thunderous lead bass going on. And you yeah. have to figure out how to make your guitar like stand out and work. And I think that's a reason why a Strat really works in this scenario. Yeah. Even with it, he used a humbucker in the bridge. Okay. Which I know that is a, is, a, is a whole other topic because that was my favorite part of the dipton tone you did with Paul Reed Smith, yeah, it, which is arguing about it. whether or not if it's a Strat. And Paul's like, it's a Strat. Yeah. And it's like, but that's a really good question because Strats are obviously been modded to hell mm-hmm. and back over the last 70 years now. Oh my when's God. the 70th anniversary of the strat it came Was out in 1954 oh 54 right so we're getting close yeah cannot Can't wait to see what fenders gonna do next year it, for the 70th like anniversary. it's gonna be
0: crazy a gold one or something? one oh it'll be
1: <laughs> dipped in fucking unobtainium platinum yeah platinum um but i think that that's a great question about about that so i mean obviously getting a humbucker in the bridge and knowing that there's a, a huge swath of of strat style guitars that happened after that. That are basically it's it's a it's an S style guitar, yeah. But with with a humbucker, that 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 was a, a genre of music and a style because you get the 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 thicker, heavier, you know, bridge sound. But then you can also do all the the soloing with a nice, clear, you know, you know, single coil pickup to cut through, yeah. and have you know that openness.
0: It's weird how a, hum, a humbucker in the bridge of a Stratocaster, like shaped yeah. instrument or or yeah. with that sort of bridge and scale length yep kind of gives it this weird it's it's a bit anonymous like i don't it's hard to like peg down what that sound is yeah like
1: how is that different than say uh you know uh, uh, a Les Paul with a humbucker you know because you got obviously completely different woods completely different construction completely different bridge you could drop a paf style humbucker and a strat and then what would make you you know kind of go to that right sound but not just for the 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 other positions, but like that style.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's it is it is so different because you look at like, you know, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he had the PAF from a three thirty five. Yes, in his uh, red yeah. Strat mm-hmm. guitar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which when it, I guess it, for Van Halen one, it it had a normal Strat style bridge. He didn't have a Floyd Rose on it yet. Yeah, because that would have been seventy eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like you know. That is what is that just sounds like him. It doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like Les Paul. It doesn't sound like a Strat. It doesn't say, it just has its own unique voice and it's just a combination of those things. I think it's a it's a it's interesting when people do that because then you have to really dive in. Yes. And like it, it's it's all on you at that point because like yeah now it's it it really kind of I don't, you know what I'm trying to say. It's interesting how it it adds it kind of it take I think it totally takes away the strattiness of the instrument. Well the, the yeah, absolutely. And it it does it lends itself to being a little bit more um I want to say having less character, but that's it's it's not exactly what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: well, I, I think what you're getting at is the the sort of like very identifiable sounds. Like what are the very identifiable identifiable sounds that you get out of a, a Stratocaster? Right. style guitar. And if you're talking about like the way that that bridge sounds and the way the, the sort of second position sounds, I mean, that goes away quite a bit when you've got a humbucker in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're still going to get some of that feel to it, but it's going to go away. So, I and and if I handed you an HSS guitar versus handing you a, a normal, you know, SSS style guitar, you're going to, in your head, play them completely differently.
0: I will. Yeah. Because the, the sound of the bridge, like you're talking about with Motorhead, you know, When I've played in bands with strats, um, it's, it's funny, especially if you're playing in a multiple guitar band, Mm -hmm. um, I tended, I, I, if I'm playing in a room, I hardly am ever on the bridge pickup, Mm uh, unless it's, you know, unless the moment strikes me, I'm Mm -hmm. normally on the neck or in the middle. I really like the middle position, but when I've been in bands, I've just always lived on the bridge because like, that's how you get heard. Yeah. You know, this you is the gotta, that's the only way you, you cut through. And it is,
1: inter- is interesting to think about, you know, uh, when you think about like the most modded guitars there is, it's the taking the bridge pickup out of a Strat and taking like the neck pickup out of a Tele. Yeah. You know, that's the, that is a, that's a, it's been done forever. Yeah. Right. And that's it. But what is like, what is it about like the, the bridge pickup of a Strat that makes people kind of get scared and shy away?
0: It, well, you know, it's, there's no, uh well traditionally now they've they've kind of remedied this but there's mm-hmm. no there's no tone pot on it yeah. you know in the vintage ones yes um old ones only had three way switches but yeah. but but the fact that there's no tone pot so you're getting just it's, you're naked bro you're getting you are all butt the <laughs> naked there is no resistance apart from that potentiometer so that uh-huh. that pickup is going through the pot right to the output jack so it is pokey yeah yeah um, yeah which is you know, it's
1: scary, as uh, like a, if you're a,
0: a a player that doesn't know what to do with that, right? Like, but c- it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the compression thing of a humbucker, because the fact that there's no tone pot, uh, it, it even further opens up how expressive the instrument is and how mm. how much of your pick and your hand uh, are are sent to your amplifier. Yep. So you, you're very you you are very much naked and exposed, yeah, as a player. And and it is brash and and yeah and kind of hard to handle. So, so in someone's.
1: so this sentences. is be me being an untechnical rube, <laughs> and that's my role on this podcast is the untechnical <laughs> rube, emotion the emotion engine of Matthew Timmons as I like to call it. And I'm learning so much, you know, even just over the last you know almost two and a half months since working for you, I mean, it's been amazing because I just ask you a million questions every day. How much classic tone that we're talking about? Mm-hmm from any of these guys is bridge pickup Strat. I'd say probably very little. And that's an interesting thing to think yeah. about, right? Like yeah. v- like you're talking about the the masters, mm-hmm. Hendrix, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, modern guys like John Mayer, John Fushante, Eric Johnson. How much of that is played on the
0: bridge pickup of the Strat? I think, you know, you can, the Strat is one of those things that when you, if you're listening to someone play that style of guitar, uh, and Stevie's like one of the perfect examples because he's flipping the pickup selector switch constantly. Yeah, uh, that you can hear him kick down to the the bridge, and it's it's blatantly obvious what's happening when he's playing on the bridge. But like you know, Hendrix and, and a lot of people, you know that that were inspired by him. I think the sound that you associate with that sound is the neck or the or the or, or pegging it in four. Yeah, um,
1: four seems like you know like my again rube alert right it you know I keep when I think about it it's like the shorthand is two is is Mark Knopfler and four is Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. right like there's like that very hard association with that sound and so yeah. like I'm just I want to learn like who's who's the guy that plays in the first position on that like I I, I, I mean know. Blackmore
0: probably did I mean yeah. like it's it's a really you especially know, if you're playing
1: it like you know in a different context like if I'm like a good example of it is you know I'm a very 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 aggressive guitar player right yeah i hit hard i'm school of james hetfield like that's how i played down when i when i grew up now you're like matthew you should you should uh, uh, mix in a little up picking i'm like no <laughs> no down picking is the best but you know especially when i'm trying to like learn how to actually play billy gibbons riffs because mm-hmm. i think i was playing just got paid and you're like you could do some up picking matthew right i'm like no uh, no i think i learned how to play it from mastodon's version which is probably mostly down picking but see right. i'm learning so much from you zach but but the, but the point is is that you know if I'm playing like a, I can make a a, a bridge pickup because when mm-hmm. we were prototyping you know the Idris shout out to the boys over at Novo and playing like you know other Strat style guitars like you know I can make them sound heavy metal oh yeah because of the way I played and then you know you just sculpt your tone as as we we will get to on our question is like you could figure out how to play anything on anything if you've got you know 20 pedals and some tone good cone controls on your amp like you can make it sound and you can make it work oh yeah right yeah.
0: well uh so you had motorhead
1: i did yes and then
0: my last one is gonna is, is a perfect segue oh it is uh <clears throat> pink floyd live at pompeii Uh huh. echoes
1: so we were into the David Gilmour section of this podcast. Yay! Yay. Yeah. So
0: I, I again, I I love uh, I love Pink Floyd, especially mm-hmm. the early stuff. Anything with you know Roger Waters. Not not a big not a big Syd Barrett guy, personally. Um, is I'm, there like a is there a faction of Pink Floyd fans that are
1: into both, or is it kind of well, like there's like
0: three eras now? Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. So
1: totally. But is there like a like a is that like a clear delineation you think of people that are into both? Um, or like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Sid Barrett guy or I'm a, you know, David Gilmore guy or I like all of it because Roger Waters is the, the greatest of all time.
0: I think there's people that that appreciate, you know, the classic lineup. Mm-hmm. And then some of those people still really like David Gilmore. They like the classic lineup because mm-hmm. of David and his guitar yeah. playing and yep. not so much of his you know songwriting because that was mostly Roger. Yeah. All the stuff that I assume most of the stuff we remember is Roger. I know Roger. Like, you know but, but if we uh, ask roger <laughs> <laughs>
1: roger will say that it was roger
0: mm-hmm. yeah. but uh i have met some people that are like i love sid barrett pink floyd i'm like oh yeah. okay uh you yeah. know I, and i get it but this is not for me but anyway sure. um you know the live at pompeii recorded the album and like Ooh. the in the the movie the movie they yeah. made which you can um, watch on youtube is it on right. youtube i think so well yeah. it's I mean, you, I'm sure you can watch the Echoes Something, clip. Yeah. Um it it's so um just fantastic. These four dudes in the middle of like a Coliseum thing, yeah. just making music, but David playing his his strat into the mm-hmm. the fuzz face with the Wah and his Benson Echo wreck into his high wads. Mm-hmm there it's, it is it's just like I mean,
1: you know you like it if you could just rattle off the 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 <laughs> the, the,
0: the, the, the rig that quickly man, i watched but that's it very so times. oh so, it's so yeah, famous yeah, It's like very that, famous it, like it, i spent many hours as a early 20 something on gilmore did you trying, ever get, trying to figure out oh he had breakdowns of everything every yeah. pedal change well that's
1: what i'm saying is that like this is kind of you know being you know a newer thing for me mm-hmm. to like actually kind of you know, dive into that a little bit, right? You know, I think that, you know, uh, trying to like, you know, replicate sounds as best as best possible. It's not necessarily something that I've really tried to do at all during my, my playing career is figure that out. And I think you being more interested, I think obviously that's a huge part of guitar and gear fandom is people doing that, but it had never really been like necessarily on my radar to kind of figure that kind of stuff out, which I'm getting more into now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, It was a very big deal for me to know what people used. And I think that came a lot from the time I started playing guitar because that was in the back of the guitar worlds or one of the, they'd have like the, um, the, the rig that had all the little cartoony. Oh yeah. I remember those. Those are cool. Yeah. And there was a whole website that had all that and people would make their own and there was a huge forum. That's like, Oh yeah. That was where I spent most of my Mm -hmm. internet time back in, you know, the the late 90s early 2000s yep but i um i don't know i i, I was never a kind of person to really want to copy someone outright mm-hmm. but when i really got into pink floyd when i was about uh, 21 22 mm-hmm. and What was the trigger to suddenly like be like i'm gonna i watched i watched the making of dark side of the moon mm. and if you've not seen that it's watching them make that album it's so crazy. And then they have interviews with everybody and they play all their parts and it's, mm-hmm. it's insane. It's so cool. Um, that made me go, I'm going to listen to pink Floyd more. And then uh, for a while I just mm-hmm. listened to that. And uh, that's the kind of like music listener. I am like, mm-hmm. say, like, I'm going to listen to ACDC and that's all I listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pink Floyd for me, uh, in, in David's tone and how he, how he plays the strap. Cause like, you know, Kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation, you know, like, he uses a strat but there are many famous recordings that are not strats at all yes but mo- most people think oh is this he's just playing his black yeah strat. And i think
1: our our good buddy uh brett skull had a video about that mm-hmm. right was it the uh the solo on uh on uh the comfortably numb or no it's the one on um oh god why can't i remember right now another brick in the wall part two mm. he uses a, a, a uh the 55 yeah right so it's p90 yep and i would i would have picked that song as my favorite
0: gilmore guitar solo too uh, my, that that's that solo the second solo one is uh, absolutely unbelievable well and, and my my favorite my favorite song and my favorite solo is money and that's not a strat. that's some like custom guitar that he had and made so it had 22 frets and this
1: is why like when i i teased at the beginning of like kind of going through that deep dive for you know and sort of exploring i was like okay I, I absolutely adore gilmore and that was sort of what which one am i gonna pick right and i was like it was like a minefield i was like i don't want to come on this show which i've uh, obviously established again that i am the rube in this <laughs> situation of, of saying the wrong thing it was like oh that person's using you know a a you know i'm, I'm this is my favorite i wasn't a strat that was this so i was like i gotta make sure that i pick one so i like i picked time Mm-hmm. off of that you yeah. know and i think like that one you know i can pick anything off that era but one of the reasons why i i love all that i got into pink floyd finally i remember when i was i was 19 years old and that was the era i, I started getting all this stuff you know i bought i mentioned they got they went through and i would go basically i'd buy like two cds a week Mm-hmm. By the time I like I moved out of my parents' house and I was had my own job and I'm like I'm gonna buy, started buying everything two a week like every payday I'd be like every Tuesday I would go and I would buy like two and so I was getting everything get all the Beatles all the Jimi Hendrix right. everything so now it's time to get all the so much money I know I spent so much money on I did CDs too. I did which too. I have all of them still I have right. every CD I've ever owned I've never sold anything and I've got but it's like at the time you're like oh fuck they've got uh, another they've got the wall used mm-hmm. so I can get it finally like right, that was like yeah. today's the day i'm gonna buy the wall whatever but i remember distinctly it was like fourth uh, of july 2000 not 2000 gosh i'm so old it was 1999 there you go it was the fourth of july and i remember you know listening to uh dark side of the moon it was like where you kind of like finally broke through mm-hmm. it was very I think I got so drunk in the beginning. I was 19. It was fine. Um, I got so drunk in the middle of the day that I like fell asleep on the 4th of July and woke up at like 6 and like it was pitch black and like there's fireworks going everywhere. And I was so like disoriented the rest of the day. But I remember like sleeping in like kind of like a like a game room of the my friend's like like uncle's house and we just listened to it and we left left it on all night Mm -hmm. kind of waking up in and out and like hearing it. And it was super weird. That sounds dangerous. It was, I was like, I was fine. It was just, you know, it was like you're a little hungover, (laughs) but like Dorothy, (laughs) but it's like, like it's a dangerous record to kind of like, it's like float in and out of like being awake and asleep and listening to dark side of the moon it was like my own like weird pink floyd experience but like i cannot not think of like that feeling like i must have fallen asleep on the pool table or something it was just it was very fun but like that like i have like whenever i have like strong associations with stuff like that like that's when stuff really sticks with me so as much as i've like gotten into and listened to the other stuff that's the one that i like the most because there's something about that like like that like sort of dream like you know which everybody makes the bit about you know uh, Wizard of Oz and that album but his guitar playing like poking through all of that like kind of being not sleepy sections but kind of jammy and dreamlike cosmic blues as my dad would call it and then (laughs) the punctuated by his just absolutely epic guitar solos like that's what makes it so good is that that build up yeah and then having him unleash it's so good because nobody's done it better in my opinion like that's the greatest like guitar soloist of all time is david gilmore because he's for that reason he would
0: sing everything that's how he wrote everything yeah so So good it's crazy yeah well i I think that's the perfect segue into our next segment the tone help hotline oh matthew's got a got a treat are we gonna do it yeah i
1: don't want to blow the floor (laughs) all right it's can time Oh. <laughs> oh, I shook it up too much.
0: Oh, man. Did that, did that sound good? I'm not it wearing sounded, headphones. It sounded great. All right. Shout out to everybody that loves the can. There you go. They, they missed the Novo show. So the Tone, <sighs> tone hell Hotline, what we're hoping is that once we get this set up, we're going to try to set up on um, a podcasting platform that will let you guys leave us a voicemail. The, and We're going to play it? the voicemail we'll play the voicemail right. um so we'll limit it to just one or two cuss words or preferably no cuss words <laughs> we're gonna try to keep it pg-13 I, I, got was, one I was f a little word.
1: blue last time i worked on the podcast so I've, okay. I've been pretty good so far today
0: so you are done great you got your one in i think i said two I you think only I've had been. one ah a one f one f word I think I said shit too. Well, there's I, three. I think that's okay. 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 What well, we're going to have to do, we're, we're going to institute a uh, like a one, like one F word. Yeah. And then a we'll have a can. And then if you break the rule, we'll like put it towards like donuts or like something. Like a pizza fund or <laughs> yeah. something. I was like thinking about it
1: when they did uh, X Men First Class. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? And it was like, remember X Men First Class? I've seen it. It's but great. It's been it's a terrific. long time. Been, yeah. Well, the, there's a famous scene in that movie where, you know, it's like a PG 13 movie where you know but if it's the oh. part where professor x and magneto are recruiting everybody right and of course they have to recruit wolverine and then hugh jackman gets to say get the f out of here yeah exactly i'm not going to use up my cuss word but it's like they got they had one you can say it like once in a movie and i think it's pg-13 and they mm-hmm. used it to very strong effect and i always loved that scene perfect perfect so i will try
0: to to x-men first class rules on this podcast <laughs> well so that that's anyway that's what we're hoping to do with uh with the Tone uh, Tone Hell pot line, and the name yeah. may change. It was going to be Tone Support, but I think that's taken. Everything's um, taken. Everything, it's twenty twenty three. Everything's taken. Every There's no idea's new gone. ideas under the sun. Uh, Sorry, a, a message on my computer distracted me. But the question that we have for this one is from uh, I asked on Instagram, and Michael in five hundred two asked: Possible yeah. to get Gilmore tones via Mythos pedals? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You take a Golden Fleece. And an oracle, terrific. And crank the feedback, and there you go. Just play it. I mean, the other night
1: I was just just hammering on Hephaestus with the oracle, <laughs> and it sounded terrific. Yeah, and you can do anything. I mean, any kind of fuzzy tone
0: with an with an oracle, it'll work. But I th- I think the thing about a, a lot of players and getting the tones, you don't ever limit yourself to. Like what pedals they used or what circuits they used. Mm-hmm. Focus on their guitar playing.
1: Yes. Try F- focus
0: on the technique. Yeah. Try to get the riffs down, and and then like use the pedals to to shape that. And
1: well, I think it comes back to what I was talking about earlier. Unless you cut it, because I was rambling, is about like you know you can get if you if you've got a, a, a if you've got a strat and you've got a, a you can make that depending on the amp and the pedals that you have you can make that work with anything like you can yeah. make that sound you know it's hard to make it sound like a like a les paul mm. necessarily but like you could do a heavy metal thing you could do you could do anything and i think sort of having to get so specific about like well what specific fuzz did david gilmore use what right. what transistors were in it like you can get there because it's like the old joke you can give eddie van halen a squire and a crate and he's gonna sound like eddie van halen yeah like you you can like that's the tools that they decided on because that's what helped them get there but if you're uh, a dis, you know uh, if you're playing the riffs the way that they wrote them and you're trying to get there like you could just you just need a fuzz and a delay and you could you could probably do it
0: yeah i i, I don't th- i think that so often we just get hung up on buying gear to have what our heroes have and and there's there's total validity in that i've done it yeah but w- when copying anybody's sound uh-huh. just focus on how they played and and really i think the secret to a lot of those guys especially the old the Mm -hmm. the 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 heroes of yesteryear yeah is really focus on your right hand technique yeah and how they picked yeah um and 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 their attack of the string and i think that's a big part of of copying the sound like part of how i play when i want to copy billy gibbons playing Mm -hmm. is really how i choke up on the pick and play and i think you just have to think about that first and then use pedals like you said to accent it yeah, because you'll you'll find yourself like,
1: and the other side of it that is obvious, but sometimes we don't think about when you're talking about uh, copying somebody's gear is like what what uh, what else are we talking about in context? Which is where it was recorded, mic placement, yeah, the 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 board. There's so much other stuff besides just the pedal and the amp that you just kind of. I mean, we all know that because, especially now that you're, if you're deep diving into all the stuff that you're going to do, like recording on your computer and doing right. a, 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 a helix, like you're learning about all that stuff. Because you know, last night I was messing with the mic placement on a preset mm-hmm. on my my um, my HX Stomp, which is just blowing my mind that I actually give a shit about that now <laughs> right. but now i do because that's interesting. wow that's interesting how different that sounds of course that's a thing so it's like knowing that you can't control any of that if you're trying to replicate somebody's sound that should ease your mind a little bit that says like well it's a it's a it's a delay and a fuzz so i can make i can make that happen and then focus on on technique yep which and
0: is yeah i think that's any 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 question about how to get x's tone mm-hmm. um just use similar sounding pedals, focus on technique, unless it's something that's totally wacky and weird, that it yeah. has to be something hyper-specific. Yeah,
1: like if you're going to do a Tomrello or a Jack White thing, you might right. need a, a whammy.
0: Or some weird you know, tremolo or Yeah, there's something. a certain
1: specific sound that might be hard to get, you know, just by playing it straight through. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, the inaugural episode of Pedal Pushers. Is that it? That's it. We don't have anything else on the list to talk about? We got to push a pedal. Uh, oh, how about we have a pedal of
1: the week? A pedal of the week. We'll just have the pedal of the week that we already. Oh, wait, But we yeah. We re, were recording this for next week. So I got to remember what I have on my list for the newsletter for next week.
0: Well, why don't we just say the Cestus? Because we mentioned it for. We the, did.
1: We did. And the Richie
0: Black. And Cestus is doing well right now. Cestus is hot. this is hot. And, and, is hot and you we, know, we can thank Josh Scott for that.
1: Thanks. Shout, shout out to Josh some lost somewhere in japan right now i think Who knows? i saw that on the Instagrams. he's buying cheeseburgers and vintage capacitors which is very cool i'm very jealous that that they're over there having having a blast i'd love to go but uh the cestus is cool because it's it's uh you know it's a unique you know circuit that i think that uh you know or a unique style of pedal that i think that is is ubiquitous for a lot of players but isn't that hasn't been sort of on the radar yeah for a lot of people like the range master is we know who uses it and we know where it's been used but it's not sort of like it seems so specific that it's not like oh well i gotta have
0: something like that on my board yeah i think so often with that circuit everyone thinks oh i'm not playing you know a strat into a vox or something i don't need a range master but But
1: what are all the things that it can do besides just doing brian may or something like that? well
0: i mean because it has the, the voicing switch which is you know a well known mod to that circuit yep um that that you can do like more of a full frequency boost and and have it be you know a little fatter and and it just it just really it's really musical and mm-hmm. there's something about the silicon transistor that's a little more aggressive
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, even when the 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 gain knob is set low that mm-hmm. it feels a little more um, approachable yeah so that everybody can kind of get behind it but it still has all its weird yeah. you know weirdness so for you as
1: as a player because I've messed with it a little bit. Um, but for you as a player, like what made you, what, what do you use it for? What made you, what makes you reach for the Cestus and say like, here's something that I want to do. I'm going to grab the the Cestus to do it.
0: For me, it's because my tone, my, my bass guitar tone is a cranked amp Mm -hmm. and an electric guitar. Uh, and then the pedals are just there to accent it. So if, if I'm wanting to get that mid-range boost very cutting and 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 like aggressive upper mid-range and treble sound Mm -hmm. i would grab the cestus so i could take the marshall sort of thing or or even you know something like the two rock Uh and just push it into cutting and i think if i was playing in a band yes i would always have it on my board because especially if you're with another guitarist and you need to jump out a normal full frequency clean boost um Mm -hmm. would be great but if you're trying to fight for frequency, mm-hmm. really, you know, hitting something that has that treble and mid-forward sound and not a lot of bass, mm-hmm. you're everyone's going to hear you. Mm-hmm. So for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah,
1: I like that. And also, I wanted to, you know, pedal pushers is the name of the show. Cestus, a great one to, to talk about. But this is the Strat Set show yes so you know want to try to you know i've i've got to take care of the money side of this relationship so i want to sell some shit um what 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 would you say as far as like if you're like is there a style of player you think that would like the 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 exp set yeah what would you who would you recommend it for if you're looking for something that's you know specific as far as tone wise and someone's like hey i got a strat i might not be you know digging the pickups like what would you say right here's what the exp could do for you
0: so w- while the the humbucker set is like my uh attempt to make my idealized version of the classic humbucker the exp set is my my one of my favorite strat sounds which is reverse stagger mm-hmm. so it has a, a unique balance it's they're clear mm-hmm. uh and have a bright or or a uh, defined bass. They mm-hmm. have a little bit of a mid scoop, but it's not a John Mayer thing. It's very much a Hendrixian mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of yeah. inspiration. But to me, like that, to me is like my favorite Strat sound. If uh-huh. you like traditional Strat sounds, if you if you're not a huge fan of, it, or or if the Hendrix sound is not your favorite go-to Strat sound, yeah. it's probably not for you. But if you already have one Strat, because mm-hmm. a lot of people have multiples, mm-hmm. and you have like your traditional. Thick, fat sounding Strat and you want something that cuts, is chimey, mm-hmm. and is really going to balance well with pedals, especially like fuzzes and stuff, then I think that's a good set to have. And because we well, well overwhelm the bridge pickup, you have a set that's super balanced. So mm-hmm. a lot of people... You have a base plate on that bridge pickup too, It's a right? base plate and it's the bobbin is completely... Completely filled with wire so it's it's We're like, like stuff it yeah it's like 9k which is you know a lot more resistance and a lot more output but uh one of the things a lot of people complain about you click down to a strap bridge and it's yeah. like you just disappear yep because even though it's bright it just it's not it, they're, they're all relatively the same output yeah so the, the really good balance that's my whole thing with every guitar i want balance. it to be balanced mm-hmm. but i uh, you know unless like the hendrix thing is your go-to sound it might not appeal to you unless it's something you really want to explore which I think everyone should mm-hmm. but to me it's just that sort of classic classic psychedelic single coil sound that I love so much there you go
1: so get
0: on it there will be at mythospedals.com/shop yeah we have a limited number but if they sell well we'll we'll make do more it, we'll
1: do it again cool man Give well there you, room. there you go pedal pushers episode 1 yeah we did it we're gonna have more stuff
0: coming. Yeah, uh, we'll set up an email. Yeah, so you can email It'll us ideas. It's, and all it's great
1: stuff. to be back. It's been
0: a while since I've, I've done this. Back in the pod game. Ah, I love it. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.